The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to episode 57 of the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. Guess what? We're going to talk about cop shit today. Not uh, concerts and relationship problems. We're actually going to talk shop. So I'm really bad at planning these out. I uh, I mean to spread some of the quote-unquote special episodes out, but I always I always seem to just put them right next to each other. But hey, it's poorly made. What do you expect? Now, I did have a poorly made announcement to make. So the next few podcasts we're going to do are going to be pretty much all talking shop. You guys all remember old Ben from Thoughts of a Patrol Officer over on YouTube. Well, he was on one of our recent episodes, actually two of them, and me and him clicked pretty well. And I got to thinking, you know, there's a few like subjects that I'd really want to talk about. I felt like me and him riffed very well. And I was like, you know, I should have him on on a somewhat regular basis so we can hit some of those things. So in a few weeks, uh, he's going to be back on. We're going to be talking some shit. I'm really excited for that episode. It'll be a threesome because one of our old friends of the page will also be on that podcast if all goes to plan. So that will be, I think, the first podcast in March, I believe. Now, if you don't remember who old Ben is, so like I said, he's from the Thoughts of a Patrol Officer over on YouTube. He's been a cop for about 10 years. He started the Columbus Police Body Camera YouTube channel so citizens could see what police officers are really like without the media spin. But then he started the Thoughts of a Patrol Officer YouTube channel. Good shit, man. Talks about stories from his career and talks about things that are in the news. So me and him have very similar opinions on a lot of stuff. So he's a good dude. Go check out his channel. Go fucking pound that like button. That's what the YouTubers say, right? And uh, check him out coming on the podcast a bunch of times in March, so it'll be a good time. And of course, as that goes on, let me know what you think. I think we have the first couple episodes kind of plotted out as far as the subjects and the things we're going to talk about. But, you know, if you guys hear those and you're like, hey, I want you guys to talk about that, I'm not opposed to uh, taking suggestions, but we'll see where that goes. And I also don't want you guys to be afraid of, I'm going to get away from my bread and butter. I think this is a great opportunity for just normal cops to have a voice. So... Don't worry, I'm going to keep doing what I do, and it'll keep being poorly made as usual, but variety is the spice of life, like I like to say. So 
I hope you guys will enjoy all that shit. But this podcast, which you probably should have got into minutes ago, this is going to be my uh, a friend from my old apartment, and she left about a year after I did, so she stuck it out a little longer than I did over there. And my purpose for this podcast was twofold. A, she lateraled from a different state, so I've had a lot of guys and gals ask questions about, hey, what's the lateral process? So this hopefully will give you guys some information about some of the things to think about when you're lateraling departments. And the other thing I wanted to accomplish on this podcast was to give people an idea why good cops leave. So me and her have pretty similar reasons for leaving. Not exactly the same, but we went through some of the same stuff. So great conversation. She's a good chick. You guys will enjoy it. I know you will. Now, I've been blabbing for a long time, so we're going to get to the podcast very shortly. Real quick update. The uh, poorly made weight loss challenge. I'm still fat, but I actually talked about it on the podcast a little bit, so I won't go too much into detail, but I'm still working on it. And I wanted to give a little shout out to the newest sponsors of the podcast, Bill, Seth. Thank you guys very much. I am humbled that you give me money to make a shitty podcast. And you guys can do it too. Just click the link at the end of the podcast and you can become a monthly donor of the podcast. All right, let's get to the band. And we got the old City Slickers, first time on the podcast. This is their hit song, Tonkin. City Slickers features a LEO member, and they uh, you can find them all over the internet. The major streaming services, YouTube, all that good stuff. So check these guys out. And we'll be right back with the meat of the podcast. Oh, oh, it tells me I'm being recorded. Yeah, it's uh, like an IA interview. <laughs> Do I need a rep? Oh, shit. I'm not paid up. Yeah, you need, to, you need to get the rep. get rep. Well, my friends listening to the podcast, uh, I have my friend here, the pocket cop, who used to fucking work with me, kind of, in a weird way, in a very shitty department, in a very shitty city in Colorado, allegedly. I don't... I did... I... I guess I'm new enough. I didn't realize that you hated it that much. I'm totally kidding. I oh, okay. I, I know that you hated it because how many times we bitched about it. So, yes, I think we should probably establish to everybody here. I think the first place we're going to start out is you uh, lateral to my agency. I did. But uh, I think you need to tell the story about how we met and became friends. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to crack open a cold one because for a minute. And also, I know you tell what you're drinking. I'm don't be disappointed. I'm going sober, but you you say what you're drinking. Oh, no, I get it. I have tried to way lessen my, um, alcohol intake, but I'm doing revolver brewing. It's called Texas toast. Yeehaw. It's a Texas beer because, you know, I'm a Texan now. Wait a second. So, Texas toast? Is it supposed to taste like Texas toast? No, I don't think so. But say, it, could be, it could be like literal toast or like Texas like toast at a wedding, I guess. So, oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's a dirty blonde ale, it says. It's extra dirty. But OK, so you said where we met, right? Yeah. Or how how 
how we how we met and came to be friends. Okay, so I lateraled out there. Um, and in the lateral academy, which was like eight weeks long, which is a whole nother subject, but I lateraled out there and my buddy in the academy told me, Hey, the poorly made police memes guy like works here. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And he was, he was like, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. And he didn't, he did not tell us who it was. Um, we had to figure it out for ourselves. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. This is new information to me. Us. Who's us? I thought it was just you. No, it was just, I'm saying like him and I, us. Okay. Got it. Cause I, I thought I was going to have to start, you know, going after him again, but go ahead. No, cause, because him and I, I made all the memes in the Academy. So he was like, Hey, did you know the poorly made police memes guy works here? And I was like, no, but that's rad. And so um, he was like, yeah, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to figure it out for, for yourself. So me being the natural extrovert that I am, and I mean extrovert, like I'll talk to anybody about anything, anytime. So I drunkenly, I think, messaged you on your poorly made Instagram. And I was like, hey, I heard you work for or something of the sort. Oh, you already fucked up. What? You said, I heard you work for. Oh, don't worry. I'll cut it out. I'll cut it out. (laughs) So I'll go back to the first. No, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Keep going. I'll just keep going. So I messaged you and I said, Hey, I hear you work for this department. Well, I just lateraled out here. And, um, you were like, maybe, and you kind of had to vet me for a while. I feel like it was a, a long time. I think it was like weeks before I was it finally was, like, all right, I'll just fucking tell you. It, no, 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 no. You didn't tell me. You said, I, if I can remember right, it was, quote, you'll know when you know or something like that. Oh, and, yes. I, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. So I'm sitting, I finished the Lateral Academy. I'm sitting in the jail one night with my FTO and I'm typing up, a, a you know, the arrest booking for that agency, which takes a million fucking years because their um, inefficiency should be their slogan because it's a nightmare. But anyway, so I'm sitting in the jail and I'm typing away and, you know, I'm an FTO, so I got to kind of keep my mouth shut. I don't really talk unless I'm talked to doing that whole thing. Well, then you, and this is night shift. So I'm typing there and then I hear a conversation between my FTO and another officer and it, and ghost, the band gets mentioned and I swivel around. Now. Okay. Yes. Did, Did you not remember? It's been a while, but now that you said all this, I'm like, oh, yes. That guy recently promoted, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. That guy recently promoted, by the way. Did he? I, so I'm hearing this conversation behind me and I swivel around in my, in my chair and I see this dude and I point at you and then you point at me. And then that was all that was the conversation was. There was no actual conversation between you and I at the jail because I didn't want to out you. Yep. That's that was it. Yeah. That. Yep. That's a good story. Fuck, man. I forgot about all the intricate details of that. 
Dude, I just remember because I'm really not paying attention to the conversation behind me. And then I hear ghost and you and I had had a conversation about ghosts somehow. We did. And yeah. I Cause I pressure people about, into liking it. Yeah, I know you pressure people, people into liking a lot of stuff like letter Kenny and shit. Pitter patter. I don't, I don't understand any of your references. Wait, wait, you don't fucking understand that. No, I don't watch letter Kenny. Give your balls a tug. You Ted fucker. You have that sound bit on ready. Yeah, I do. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. I sure do. Okay, so now- I have a better one, by the way. It's fucking embarrassing! That's the one I should have done. But anyway, continue Uh, on. Well, since I'm officially unemployed and I have time, like, should I watch it? Yeah. It's so good. I'm on a My 600 Pound Kick life right now. I my saw that on your Instagram and I'm like, why are you watching that? That's just disgu- like- obsessed. I'm obsessed with fat people and their journeys. And I hate that journeys. <laughs> we're all on a journey. No, the fuck we're not. We're just out here trying to survive. But yeah, we're just uh, hurling around the universe at 800 miles per hour until we don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so anyway, that was the story of how I first figured out who you were. Yeah. And I remember like, when I first got those messages, I was so pissed because I was like, who the fuck out at the academy? Because I didn't know if any of the instructors knew or actually a funny story. An instructor came up to me once and was showing our group during a break. One of my memes. It was a Peaky Blinders oh. meme. And I don't know if he was trying to figure out if it was me or not, but I made some comment like, man, that meme sucks. But he probably already knew it was you. Probably. Like, I think it's this big old fucking secret. And it's like, uh, have you ever seen the undercover boss of Kylo Ren? Yes. It's, yes. it's like I that. It's like, yeah, it, like I walk in and I'm like, I'm poorly made. And they're like, yeah, we we knew. When, Everybody. When you said your name was Matt. Knows. Yeah. Which I'm kind of shocked that I never got like in trouble for it. Oh, or maybe no. the right Honestly, people didn't know. That that place has so much drama that that is almost like the least of their concerns but then on the other hand they're so petty about some other stuff that you just never know it depends on their mood that day or that month whether they want to investigate people for stupid shit or actual stuff so i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm not drinking so this isn't like drunken grandeur Uh but I wonder if I got left alone because I kept my head down and did my work and didn't cause problems otherwise. Oh, 100%. That's why I got left alone. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, whether it was with that agency or my previous agency, I've always been that way. I'm, I'm loud as shit, obviously. And everybody knows pretty much who I am because I talk to everybody, but I keep my head down. I go to work. I answer my calls and I go home. That's been my life for the past almost nine years. And, you know, it kept me out of trouble. I've been very fortunate to be kept out of a lot of stuff. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to brag about that, but at the same time, I am proud of that because of the agencies that I've worked for who have been very high, like heavy IA. I don't know. Some officers are their biggest enemy, but some genuinely get railroaded. And I've seen both. So, yeah, I've seen 
I've seen both where like it seemed like guys were getting the shaft for no apparent reason. But then I yeah. also saw guys that would fucking push the envelope on really stupid shit that they knew they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. It's like the soccer thing, right? Where they fucking like obvious foul and then they cry to the ref. Like, I can't believe you gave me a fucking card. By the way, I don't really understand soccer. I think that was the correct reference. <laughs> I think you that's get, what like, they do. You get like a yellow card. Yeah, you get like a yellow card or a red card or whatever. Yeah. But that was kind of the thing with some dudes is they'd fucking do this horrendous shit that they know is fucking out of policy. And they'd be like, I can't, I can't believe they're jamming me up for this. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That or I've noticed like once you ruffle one person's feathers who's high up or has a lot of pull or whatever has friends in the right places, you ruffle one person's feathers like that and you're done. Like you have a target on your back from then on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you know what? I just want, I, I genuinely just want to do a good job, have some fun, and then go home. Like, I don't need the extra drama. I have enough drama other places. Like, I don't I don't need it at work, too. Yeah, I, it's high school with guns. It really is. I mean, that, it, there's oh, no other way to put it. Uh, and, you know, coming, coming from the place that we worked, it's, it was even worse there morale wise but you know it's hard to judge because we went through 2020 and the pandemic and the you know stuff so it's kind of hard to judge but I will say morale is lower there than what I came from well let's jump into that because I, I told you kind of before we started recording is I had some goals I wanted to talk about lateraling because I've had a lot of questions about you know, laterally different states and how that goes. Yep. And then I think it's kind of therapeutic for other people to hear like why people actually leave departments. Cause me and you, like we weren't the cops out there, like stirring up shit. When I say stirring up shit, I mean with like admin, like I would speak up, but I feel like when I spoke up, I was respectable where I think some guys just kind of scream and yell except for one time in one of my briefings, but we won't talk about that time. We all lose our cool every once in a while. Yeah. And but it's it's how you come across and then I guess it's it's how you do things after that. Like right. if 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 you blow up and lose your shit in a briefing and then go out on on your shift and you get complained on and stuff like that, then you're going to obviously get talked to or whatever may come of it. But it's I am one of those people I I shared my opinion a lot. And I think that it did hurt me in some ways. And my lieutenant, when I left my previous agency, told me, he's like, hey, just letting you know, like, be careful sharing your opinion as much as you do. And so that kind of like took the wind out of my sails for a little bit. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to continue to be me and do, you know, how I've always (laughs) done. And I I you were about up. to say, do you? And then you stopped. Yeah, I know. Myself. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably not a good thing to say. That's what she said. But that's what she said. See, I can understand some office jokes or references. Sorry. Uh, watch- Wait, hold on a second. Have you not watched The Office? No, I've watched The Office probably 18 times through. Okay, that's like the typical millennial thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting my journey. 
we're going to talk about journey. That's going to be the topic of this episode the is journeys. Journey. Uh, yeah, man, I better, speaking of journeys, I better fucking start running or I'm going to be on 600 pound life. But anyway, um, let's, let's talk about fucking you lateraling. And so you started in the fine state of cans ass. Cans ass. And okay, you know hold what? on a second though. Before we get, before we get into this, maybe you can answer me this. Why is Arkansas pronounced Arkansas? But Kansas is pronounced Kansas. Some people pronounce it Arkansas. I do not, obviously. But people like to be difficult. And I don't know which one was founded before the other one. So I guess we can blame whatever state was founded second. I would assume Arkansas first just because it is further east. But that could be flawed logic, too. I think if I think Kansas flag says 1883. I, Are I you serious? Say, God, my house I, is fucking old. Uh, God, my house is almost as old as Kansas, bro. If it's 1800s, I don't know why you're living in that house. Why? Why not? That's cool. Because I'm terrified of. I don't believe in ghosts, but I've never had a experience to make me believe in ghosts. But I believe in demons and like demon spirits because they're in the Bible. So. Well, I, I do my thing fuck with houses built before 1950. All I'm saying is based on working at the department we used to work for, I'm prepared for demon spirits. Okay, <laughs> Because bitch, they're around every corner in that department. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> okay. So let's this talk about his angels. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Fucking snakes. But anyway, let's, let's talk about Kansas. So okay. you worked in a bigger agency in Kansas. Obviously, we're not going to say agencies and stuff, but how was... No, same size. Say, oh, was it the same size? Same size as, as where I went in Colorado. Okay. Which is funny. Maybe. I went there once, and I, I was talking to the guys there, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a really great place to work. And then I was talking to you about it, and you're like, it fucking sucked. Okay. My time there, in, now that I have two departments to compare it to, my time there was a cakewalk compared to what I walked into which is sad to say because I I thought when I left there I was going to greener pastures you know you know it was greener pastures at one point I think and you came in really at the worst possible time I I probably did I probably did but honestly like when I okay well so, so I started in Kansas um, at one of the bigger agencies in that state. And um, I worked there for just under six years, six, five years and a lot of change. And then when I'm, we moved to Texas or uh, Colorado, I was looking for an agency that was somewhat similar, like in size and all of the other above. So it was more of an easy transition. I also looked for the agency that had the easiest lateral program. When I found um, that department, I looked at their lateral program and I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. And so I went through the program or whatever, and then got out on my own, which in retrospect, that lateral process is actually longer than in some of the agencies in Colorado. But it's very much, oh, you have to learn things our way. 
Yeah, that was a big thing with that department. It was very based on that department's way. And I think the problem is over time as some of the leaders in the way left and then some of the people got into power and don't get me wrong, there were some great leaders at the department. The problem is, is when they're, it's so top heavy, they're kind of, they, they don't stick out or they don't usually stick out because there's just so much fucking brass. Like they act like patrols, the backbone of the department, but then you have so many fucking supervisors, supervisors upon supervisors. But the problem is, is when you have like the strong leadership kind of goes away and you have people that just kind of move into those positions that don't understand. I think that's where the problem is. I think it's a good thing for each agency to have their own unique culture, but it should kind of match the area that they're in. Cause you couldn't have that agency culture back when I started in like, you know, some little small town because it's just not called for. Right. Correct. It's just you and I both know, I think policing is any, any um, place that you work there's a difference between leaders and supervisors. Yes. Leaders make you want to go to work, do a good job. And, you know, you have fun and you love your job. When you're working for a supervisor, you hate your life. And I hope that there are people out here listening that are supervisors that can sit there and reflect, am I a leader or am I a supervisor? If you make it miserable for your people to come to work because you are looking for that next promotion. I can tell you right now, you're a supervisor and you're not a leader. Yeah. And that agency was big enough where after you've been on for a couple of years, you had quite a bit of choice at the bid, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't great days off or whatever, you had a lot of choice and you know, some guys would, you know, they pick the days off, but I would venture to say a vast majority of them were like, all right, I can get weekends off, but this dude is a douche nozzle. I'm going to go work here because I want to avoid the problems. And that was honestly, to me was like, Oh, big hangup having a, you know, the giant family I have is fuck having weekends off would be great, but I'm going to be fucking miserable this year. So I better take this shitty shift. Exactly. Because you chase, you pick your shift based on the supervisor, not the, um, the hours or days off, which was weird to me. Because that's something that my previous agency really didn't do. Your supervisors didn't bid. Like they just stayed where they stayed unless like an opening came up and then they may move. So when it came time to bid, it was department or first of all, it went bureau wide, which meant like um, we had north, south, east and west. So the bureaus would bid. And then if you wanted to move bureaus after that bid was done, then it would open it up to um, the rest of the department. Does that make sense? Yeah. So just like no matter how the departments is, is broke up, that's how they broke it down where I, where I did work. And then I came to Colorado and it was completely different. It was department wide. And at the same time, the supervisors bid, which was something I had to get used to because it's, it is, I, I realized very quickly how important your sergeant was. Yeah, that was even in the academy, the instructors between beatings, they would tell us, Hey, when you, 
you know, go to your first bid. If you see as a new guy, a weekend's spot off, even on graveyards, you don't want to work there. Yeah. That's a red flag. Yes. Let's talk about Kansas a little bit. We'll jump back to Kansas. How is, and yeah. I, I know you haven't worked there in a while, but how is Kansas for policing? Was that a good state for law enforcement? It honestly was very supported community wise. Um, I worked at, like I said, one of the bigger agencies in Kansas. I think it is the biggest actually, but um, it was, I worked in some rough areas, but the community supported you. We had an officer get killed in the line of duty and then an officer seriously injured during my time there. And no, two or three officers seriously injured, but seeing that community support was unreal. Like for the line of duty death, they lined for miles. And so you did feel supported. And then obviously, you know, you have the, the people that come and give donations and stuff to the, to the department or the stations or whatever, which was nice. And then you had people come up to you at, at the quick trip or quick shop and say their thanks. And that was nice, but I think more importantly, the city council and the local politicians supported you for the most part. I didn't feel like there was anybody super out to get you. For like the people just that are curious, is Kansas the kind of place where there's like one academy and everybody goes there or how do you get certified in Kansas? Um, it's So they do have one major academy and that's for all your smaller um, agencies, even though they do kind of filter into some of the bigger agencies, but, um, I went to an in-house academy, so I didn't have to stay there on campus. I, I could go home every night and that was six months. And the, the bigger agencies in Kansas do have their in-house academies. You don't have to go to the state. All the other smaller ones went to the state academy, which I ended up teaching at quite a bit, um, and helping with, scenarios and domestic violence scenarios is, um, something that we helped teach. And then, um, so I got to experience a lot of like who the small towns were hiring and then who we were hiring. Let's get into that. Cause that's juicy. What did you, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Well, I, I several years ago, people still wanted to be cops. Now they're hiring anybody with a pulse at this point. Um, a pulse and limited criminal convictions, I feel like. But it, the smaller towns, you could tell, definitely didn't have the pool to choose from like the bigger agencies did. So that was kind of interesting. But then you'd get, you'd get some that would like shine that we're going to go to super small town agencies. And it kind of was sad to me because I'm like, oh my goodness, like they're going to calls by themselves. And that's something that I've never, like I will never experience going to a DV by myself because I've worked in bigger agencies. Yeah, I, and I think I've talked about this before. So forgive me if I have, but you guys will be okay. I, I talked to a police chief out here and just kind of had a conversation and I brought up 
you know, staffing and stuff and said, hey, I, I came from an agency that had a lot of people and cover was always nearby. And you always went to do a call for the most part. Yeah. And he kind of started laughing. He's like, oh, you city guys and you guys, you know, we can do all that shit by themselves or by ourselves. And I was like, OK, I get it. I mean, your resource, you, you have limited resources. Like, I'm not like afraid or anything like that. But I thought the attitude was kind of cavalier because why wouldn't you if you had it right? Like oh, you're a dumbass for going to this call by yourself, even though there's a bunch of dudes nearby that can help you. And obviously, like, not the shit on the little city guys, but let's be real, okay? More assholes live in big cities. It's a fact. I don't know. Yeah. You can't, like, tell me otherwise. I don't have scientific proof. I didn't do a whole study on it. The CDC hasn't done a study on it. But I'm going to tell you right now, based on my limited life experience, more people that are assholes live in big cities. That's not to say policing it in small towns is not dangerous because it absolutely fucking is. Because you look at a lot of these line of duty deaths, there's a lot of small town guys. There is. And a lot of it is because they're fucking by themselves. They're by themselves or they, it's that mentality of, oh, I don't need to wait for cover because it's going to be like, the three other domestics I answered to this week or this month or whatever. It's, it's, I think it's a very scary mindset to have. And fortunately I've never had to have that mindset because I always knew I'm going to this call with another officer. But the thing is, is a lot of these places, you don't have a choice. That's, that's what you have. The agency I was kind of talking to, it sounded like most times there might be two people on, but he was like, oh, well, you know, if the other guys, uh, you know, the other side of the county, then you just, uh, you just handle it by yourself, which I was like, you wouldn't wait like a couple minutes. And that's, that's crazy. To that's mind blowing to me that there's agencies that operate like that, but some people don't know any different. Like they're, they're, they get on knowing Hey, I'm going to go answer all these calls by myself yeah. and, you know, props, props to you. If you do it, it's never been something that I've been comfortable with. Um, and let me just say, I've wanted, I wanted to be a cop since I was in the fifth grade and I knew from the get go that that's what I was going to do. And then you get into it and I wanted to be a bigger city cop. I thought I was going to be a New York city cop forever. But then, you know, life happens. But I feel bad that there's communities out here that are okay, not okay, but only have the option of having one, one police response. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I do want to throw out a couple things before, because uh, unfortunately, sometimes you have to clarify, even though I don't think I need to, but I'm not saying like I've gone into a domestic by myself if it was like active violence kind oh, of yeah. thing. Like yeah. everybody does that shit. I'm just saying something's kind of it's cooled off enough or it's not an immediate threat where you have to run in there and, you know, go running and gunning. Why not wait kind of thing is the point I'm making. Yeah. But I'll, you know, I think running into shit sometimes that's that's what you signed up to do is to run into shit. But you, of course, you have to weigh the options on everything just so nobody like gets their you know, gets all upset about that. Well, but and if you see something active happening, you're not going to sit in your car and with popcorn and watch it go down while you're sitting there. I mean, you and might now. Some, 100%. And that is ultimately why I decided to walk away 
one of the many factors, but that's a side note. But it just blows my mind that there are there are cops. And after training small town cops, it's sad to me that some of these that were in scenario training just completely shut down and couldn't even function. And I'm like, oh shit. Like these people are going to be out on their own in BFE, Kansas somewhere. And they're going to go to a domestic with farmer John and his wife, Kathy. And farmer John's going to be like, nope, not today, Sonny. And then he's going to pull out a shotgun. Like that's the scenarios that played in my head. And I'm like, you would shut down before any of that goes down and you're going to die. Like that's the scenarios that would play in my head. But the, a lot of these smaller agencies are so desperate for people that they don't really care the quality of person. They just need somebody out to do it. And it's, I mean, it's a funding thing too, because having cops is expensive. We cost oh, money, you know? And so like a lot of these places, they don't have a choice whether, you know, I went on a ride along, even on the Eastern Plains of Colorado, deputy was only, only person on. There were people that had like, you know, phones on, radios on if something went down, but you're out on the other side of the county, your help might be an hour away. That's, it's crazy, but that's some places. Now, it is a lot different though, right? Where, where we worked, I mean, there's always calls. Calls are stacked all day. Yeah. Some of these smaller agencies may have a handful of calls all week. It's so it's one of those things I, I don't think in the smaller agencies. I mean, I'm not I've never worked one, so I'm just I'm spitballing here, but I don't think they're always worried about like every call they go to that some dude's gonna fucking try and kill them. Cause that was kind oh, of for the sure. way we were trained. Yeah. And and that's that's my other thing is like I've never worked for a smaller agency. So I I can't say what life is really like. I just was relating like my bigger city experience to these people and i don't know it's probably comparing apples to oranges i don't know because i think it is a small agency well and i've you know i had my dad on a while back and he's worked bigger places and little places and he gave me shit about it on the podcast about i don't know if he said it verbatim on the podcast but i know he said it verbatim to me before is you big city guys are just afraid everyone's out to kill you and that's I mean, I got to be honest, and I've been thinking about this for a long time, is I think some dudes in training take that shit really to heart, which is important to be to be safe. But I think it almost has this negative downfall where guys are so uptight Paranoid. on calls that it causes way more problems because well, people they, feed off of that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that that's where good training, you know, every everybody in today's media especially wants to talk about good training good training good training well it starts with the fact of you always have to be prepared but you don't have to be prepared like paranoid you can be prepared but you don't have to be paranoid if that makes sense no i like that i mean i don't know if you got this when you went through the academy but you know we got the whole like be nice to everyone you meet but have a plan to kill them yeah which is like It sounds a bit extreme, but where we worked, it was kind of a thing, a dangerous area. It is a thing. And I, I understand that mentality, but also on the, on the flip, I've been on calls with newer officers when I was a little bit more seasoned 
and I don't even say season because what I had nine years in where they would be nervous about everything. It's, it's almost like the Academy was trying to make them scared of everybody. And that's where your liability comes into play. Like you have all these officers that are so scared of anybody reaching in their car on a crash or, or anything, you know? And I'm like, you, I, I relied a lot on gut instinct. Like I could kind of tell once I got on a few years, whether somebody was hinky or not. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess, you know, none of the cops ever on a traffic stop knew that the guy was going to kill him. Right. Exactly. And that's that's the thing that sucks too is, but I, I think we were going in a good direction because I think maybe the training over the last 10 years, maybe a little past that, I think it's probably changed in the last couple of years, but, and I can't speak to every department, only department I worked through. I only went through one Academy, but it kind of set people up for failure because you go in. Okay. I think obviously an instructor, they don't want a recruit to die because they weren't being safe. Mm -hmm. I think there has to be a balance. Like officer safety is fucking paramount number one, but you also have to teach, like you have to be personable. You have to be able to talk to people. And let's be honest. How many cops do you see that absolutely cannot fucking talk to people? Mm, uh, Over the last two years, I've seen it more and more. There's, There's no personal skills whatsoever. And, I think, I think that's what I'm trying to say is that they, you know how it is in an academy, they show you all the videos of cops getting killed and ambush and all that stuff. Obviously you're, you're prepared for that, but they're also making them so paranoid that they can't communicate with people. Yeah. And then not only that, but they can't communicate with people. And then you turn around and you feed them all of this CIT stuff and, oh, de-escalation, de-escalation, de-escalation. Well, you've already had them scared of everybody. So how are they supposed to de-escalate when they're scared of everybody? I don't, I make fun of like the de-escalation stuff in memes a lot. I don't think de-escalating is a bad thing at all. No, I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing too, is I don't think people understand is cops have been doing that shit for years. Have there been some heavy handed dudes in the past and currently probably yes. However, a lot of cops do a really good job of talking people out of things. So they don't have to use force or they don't have to do this or that. I think people would just be truly amazed, not cops or whatever fucking TV show, like actually go out and see the interactions with people and even off the bat, like you could have somebody super hyped up. If you say the wrong shit to them, they're going to want to fight. But if you can exactly from the get go, be personable, be real with them, talk to them. Is it going to work every single time? No, it's not. It's absolutely not going to work because the world's full of assholes. We've established Mm -hmm. that, but in the Luke Bryant song, most people are okay. Not most people are good, but (laughs) most people are okay. And you even, somebody quote unquote that you might think is a shit bag more people would hurt cops if they really wanted to oh you 100%. can percent you can you really s- do a lot to change people's perspective on a call that's humanizing the badge not dancing yes. and singing 
but actually being a decent human being to people on calls. Yep. Yep. And I guess, you know, I, when, when I was on, I played my hand, which was, I'm one of those people that you look at it on a call and you're like, oh my God, like how on earth did she even become a cop? Cause I, you know, am four foot nine inches tall. And so I played that to my advantage. I was personable, but I also, you know, I had to find the balance of being personable, but also establishing myself to know not to be fucked with, I guess. And that was, that was a hard balance for me to find, but with good people around me and other officers, I was able to establish that. I had very few people try to test me just because of my size. And so I think that's, that's not only, you know, attributed the, the people that I surrounded myself with, but the training that I did receive, because it, it came from a few, you know, 2013 when things were a little bit different. Now I wanted to jump back a little bit, but I, I do want to say really quick, here's the other thing about being personable. People will tell you shit, things that you want to know for your investigation and you won't even have to pry for it because they will just tell you a hundred percent because people like to talk people like to talk about themselves people want their story to be heard is it always going to be the truth no we know that being cops but i'm telling you people will fucking talk if you let them a hundred percent and what i always told people when i was training them is like when, when you hear people screaming and yelling at you and stuff like that, if you can relay to them that they are being heard, watch them calm down. Just watch it. Because the raise in voice and volume is because they want to be heard. If you can tell them, hey, I, I hear everything that you're saying. Let's just take it down a notch and we'll figure all this out or whatever. That's all people want to know is that they're being listened to, especially if they're the ones that called the police or they're the ones that think they're going to jail. They just want to be heard and listened to. And I think that's where a lot of officers get in trouble is that they don't listen. Yes. And people, (laughs) here's the thing. I get it. It's busy. You don't want to even be on this call because it's stupid, but it is your job. And I'm telling you, you have time to listen. Yep. And that's sometimes you have, sometimes you got to like direct people a little bit, but I think sometimes guys get so impatient. Now I'm, if it's like a critical incident and you got to figure out like information fast, I get it. But if it's something where you, you can slow things down, slow the fuck down. Who cares if it takes an extra 15 minutes? I know you don't want to be there, but just do it right. And then you won't have to do it again. Well, and that's, that's the thing too, about like call load now and all these agencies being short staffed is people are going to start taking shortcuts because they're just focused on getting to the next call. Yep. And that's, it would always tick me off and it it didn't happen to me a ton. I saw it happen to a lot of people is they tell you in briefing, Hey, we're short. Let's go out there, handle calls. We'll get to them as we get to them. And then they get you on the radio and be like, Hey, are you done with that call yet? Fuck off, dude. That's the micromanaging shit that I can't handle. It's because every call's different. 
But that was one thing when I came from Kansas to Colorado, that was an adjustment for me is I, I said that the Colorado agency efficiency, inefficiency is their motto because we were doing things in Kansas that Colorado, which has all this money allegedly can't allegedly. seem to digest as far as like on like phone system reporting and you, we're not going to this call. This does not need a police presence. We're not going to that call. But when I came out to Colorado, it was like, we go to everything all the time, no matter what. Yeah. It got annoying. Or, or we're wasting our time and there's not going to be people available for the big shit because we're on all this little shit. When I say little shit, meaning like the non-criminal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's shit that absolutely we cops shouldn't have been doing. Why why did you leave Kansas and come to Colorado? So um, my husband and I decided to move out to Colorado. Um, For the weed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I just, I figured I'd never done it before. So let's just go get high you know makes sense. we had a bunch of personal stuff going on and i had never moved states i'm born and raised in kansas so i was like you know what fuck it let's go yolo right um so okay, we moved we moved there and then life kind of fell apart after that <laughs> so like i said you came at the worst possible time yeah yeah but you know what congratulations to us buddy we're on the other side fuck yeah we are hey real quick because uh i like jumping around and not doing things in order why why did you want to be a cop because you said what do you say in fifth grade you were like fuck, yes. I'm be a cop. let's talk about that oh god okay so my dad watched this show called third watch have you ever heard of it i don't think i have Okay, well, it's cheesy and corny. I recently rewatched the entire series, but um, it was it followed New York City police, firefighters, and EMS around, and it was you know NBC stage shit. It wasn't reality or anything. But I looked up a lot to my uncle growing up, who was a cop, and then my dad started watching that show, and that was the first like adult show that he kind of let me watch with him so that happened and then 9-11 happened and so that kind of shaped how I wanted to be was I, I wanted to be a cop I knew from fifth grade on and 9-11 happened before that but fifth grade on I really started to narrow in I would go to the public library and like check out policing books as a fifth grader like I was weird as shit um, yeah that's fucking super weird but oh funny. I was I was I was a weird child and then I got into theater and I did play a little bit of sports but like I don't know I the, it set this fire in me that never went out there was a brief time, like when I was a junior in high school, I think that I wanted to be a nurse. And then I was like, nope, I wanted to be a cop. We're going to go full bore. And so then I went to college and um, got my degree in criminal justice, which was stupid. 
<laughs> if anybody's getting their degree in criminal justice, do not. I know it's the easiest major, but just don't. I think um, dance therapy is the easiest major, but go on. Um, I think women's studies, uh, but that's just me. If I had to go back, I'd do women's studies. Okay, hold on a second. Let me do a little rant here because uh, me and my 10-year-old <laughs> who's in uh, fourth grade. Yeah, fourth grade. That sounds right. We were uh, we were just driving the other day, and she really wants to be a school teacher. And I think it's admirable why she wants to be a school Absolutely. teacher because she thinks her teacher sucks. And she's like, my teacher sucks, and I don't want kids to have a shitty teacher, which I was like, okay, I like that. That's awesome, which is cool. Um, I hope she knows I'm not going to pay for it because I have no money, <laughs> but that's awesome. Go ahead. Hey, I paid for my own school. Yeah, she can do it. She'll be fine. But I was talking to her about like the different degrees and stuff. And I told her like, don't go to college unless you know what you want to do. And don't get like some fucking. And I'll tell you guys right now, I didn't go to college because I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I'm not going to go just to go. I think that's a stupid reason to go. And now, honestly, like I feel a lot smarter than you guys. Sorry. I'm not saying that to be a dick. Um, but I feel no, like I didn't throw away a bunch of money because like my wife went and she didn't really know what she wanted to do. And like we're still paying student loans because eventually she found what she wanted to do. Like I think college is kind of a fucking scam. I think going it, to college for to learn is good, but it needs to be more fucking focused. Like you're honestly stealing kids' monies for shit they don't need. Like if you're a liberal arts a degree, what the fuck is that? <laughs> What the fuck is that? You're a fucking thief if you fucking take some dumb 18-year-old's money for a liberal arts degree. It, it just shows that they can be dedicated, and I'm saying that with air quotes, to something for four years, which is stupid because my husband is a Votech. He got kicked out of vocational school, okay? And homeboy makes more money than me because he has a trade. And he didn't even graduate Votech. Like he will always make more money than me and he has no college degree. I and think I've brought this up before. One of my favorite memes ever is like the lady that thinks she needed to go to college and she's mad about her student loans. And then like, you know, Bill, the guy that's the electrician going to shut off her power. Yeah. It fucking it's, cracks it's me true, up every though. time I see it. It's true. It's true. So it's, it's just one of those things where do I wish I would have, or I wish I would have got a degree in something else. Let's just say that. And my husband, my husband, my uncle, who was a cop and detective for many, many years, retired and then went back. Um, he told me, do not get a degree in criminal justice, whatever you do. My dumbass thought I knew everything at the time. So I was like, I'm going to get a degree in criminal justice. So that's what I did. And look at me now. It's it, a story it as old as time, right? Like you always think when I you're, know. it's like, it's like every movie ever, like the teenagers, like, I know what I'm doing, dad. And then they I like, know. they do the same shit that their dad did. And if thirties me could go back and punch my 18 year old self in the face, I would. Cause I would, I'd get into marketing or something else. Obviously I'm, I'm proud and happy with what I've done the last nine years of my life, but on the other hand, I sacrificed a lot for it and went through a bunch of shit for it. So it's, it's just one of those things. And the sad thing is, is I didn't even have to go to college to experience all that bullshit. So yeah. I kind of just, I don't want to shit on people for going to college. Like if you're going to college, go to college and even like a criminal justice, mate. Okay. 
if you're going to college, that's cool. I'm just my my friendly neighborhood meme lord advice. The guy in a basement making a podcast, so you should obviously listen to him. Is <laughs> don't have your eggs all in one basket. I think is what we're trying to say here. A hundred percent. And this is coming from a chick who's in a long stay Airbnb in BFE, Texas, unemployed. <laughs> So let's, uh, I guess. I love saying that. I love saying that. Am I considered unemployed? I think this is kind of a job. It's kind of, it's a job. It's a job. All right, let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Gyra Canine is the premier police canine training academy in the state of Texas. Gyra Canine is owned and operated by a master Texas peace officer and a U.S. Navy vet. In a field where experience matters, choose Gyra Canine. Check them out at gyracanine.com, and they're over on Facebook and Instagram. And you can get them on the old telephone, 210-379-1396. And I'll include links on the description of the podcast. Now back to the show. One thing I did want to ask before we, we move on is when you lateral from Kansas to Colorado, was there like anything that you, I don't know how to ask this, but anything unexpected that you didn't think would happen or, or like unplanned, like, huh, I never would have thought of that's something I need to think of. So if there's some poor cop thinking about leaving one of the shitty States to go somewhere better, is there maybe some words of advice or shit you learned along the way? One thing I will say is, you know, you think that the grass is going to be so much greener on the other side in another state in another department. And obviously my experience is different than some, but I, I found out pretty quickly that it wasn't also on the other, other hand, I learned a lot about myself. I got some rad opportunities where I went. Um, I got some awesome training and, you know, ended up getting a specialty unit where I was at. And so it, it ended up paying off for me. Um, but at the same time, I also kind of wonder where I would have been at if I would have just stayed. But like I said, there was a lot going on in my personal life that led to those decisions. So, you know, you live and you learn. But then the other hand is each department runs so differently. So it's it's as stupid as this. Like I was not prepared for the arrest control to be as big of an issue as it was. So like I came from my agency where I was a defensive tactics instructor to this agency where the arrest control was completely different and new and stupid in my opinion, but it was the only thing I knew. So I was like, yeah. So you don't realize these, these smaller training points or smaller, not smaller, but you know, just different nuances of departments and operating procedures until you get there. So obviously I went on a ride along with the Colorado agency before I even applied. Um, or no, I had applied. I had applied. Um, uh, who, who'd you ride with? Oh, he's a good dude. I like that guy. He is. He's, he's a great dude. And I rode with him and you know, what was great about when I did my ride along, everybody was so nice to me and welcoming and like, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. Like it felt like coming home. And that's ultimately why I decided on that department is at the time it felt like coming home. It was a good place. Like, I don't want to shit on my entire time there because 
I miss the good old days for sure. I, I don't regret my decision to leave, but yeah, it was a good place. And there are some great fucking people there, but there are some huge cancerous douchebags there for sure. There's some people that, that I will consider lifelong friends or be lifelong friends. And I made some of the best memories that I have in my life at that agency. It's just at, you know, rewind back to 2019, end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I was looking for a new department and that felt like coming home. Everybody was so nice to me. When I walked into briefing, they were like, who are you? Where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. And that felt good to me. So honestly, and I can, I can tell people and myself from the last two years have been atrocious. So that ultimately led to my decision of leaving altogether. And it sucks because, and I know you feel me on this as far as like, you feel like you're leaving your friends behind. Dude, it, that's the hardest thing. And I don't know, I, think I talked about it on one and I end up cutting out but I had a dream I don't know if I talked about it or not but I had a dream maybe a month ago maybe three weeks ago where it was so real and you know somebody died that I knew on the department and it felt like it was my fault and like I woke up in like a cold sweat oh yeah see that's that I think that's one of my fears and still is a fear of mine is that one of my friends will get seriously hurt or killed. And I was, I wasn't there to do anything about it. Yep, exactly. And, but that's one thing that I'm going to have to digest because ultimately like my decision to leave was mine and I have to do what's best for me and my life and my family at the end of the day. Absolutely. That brings up an interesting point, and it's kind of unrelated to what we're talking to, but kind of related, and I wanted to bring it up. People get mad sometimes when people call out sick, when they're obviously mm-hmm. like they're not sick. And that's just the thing that fucking happens, I think, anywhere. But I think especially in policing, the whole mental health day where I've seen some interesting debates in my comment section and other places online about, hey, if you take a personal day, like a mental health day, and something bad happens to your coworkers, and or like they're, they're basically they're fucked that day because they're short. And I'm really kind of torn on that argument. Like, do you tough it out and do you go to work even though your your head's not right? Or do you fucking stay home? Because at the end of the day, it is your fucking time. And it it's your, your mind. Time. But at the same time, I think there's also the, I don't know, you got to take one for the team sometimes too. Yeah. And okay, so my agency in Kansas, if people called out sick, you better be fucking sick. People were texting you, blah, 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 blah. There were issues with IA of people calling out and then being found at like the bars and stuff. And then, <laughs> you know, investigations happened. So when I came out to Colorado, you never called out sick unless you were sick. I think with six years on that department, I called out maybe twice, maybe twice. And then I went to Colorado and it was much more, ex- I don't want to say accepted, but accepted. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would. So I came from the private industry and a, you didn't have fucking sick time. You just yeah. went to work. 
<laughs> and so I would go to work sick all the time. And I remember my buddy, he was like, dude, you've been coughing for like two weeks. You, you imagine that right now? Like going to work coughing, but. Oh, no. Yeah. So this no, was years ago. And he's like, and... yeah, he's like, go fucking home. I'm like, nah, man, I can, I'm fine. And towards the end, and probably because I didn't fucking use any of my sick time. I started using a shitload of sick time because I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. this shit. I'm not going to work. I fucking hate it. But yeah, but it was, but it wasn't a big deal. I'll, I even got a story where I had like a, basically a family emergency and I called days ahead. I was like, Hey, look, here's the deal. Can I just put in time right now? Because I'm not going to be able to make it to work. He's like, no, I can't put the time in for you because it would cause problems or whatever with whatever the, the fucking, the staffing program, right? Goddamn fucking telestaff. But, Oh, I hate that. Yeah. But <laughs> And they're like, just, he's like, just the day of just calling sick. And I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking shit I've ever heard of. I'm literally giving you guys like heads up. Like I'm not going to make it. And you know what I did? Because I thought that was so wrong. I drove through the fucking night and worked with like two hours of sleep. Oh, hell no. Because I just was like, it's. You were like, I'm not going to let my team down. Exactly. I'm literally trying to get coverage for my shift. Yeah two days in advance and yep. you're and it's basically because that dude was lazy and he didn't want to send an email out to say hey can anybody cover this shift when so, i was dealing with a fucking emergency out of state you know what's weird is like in kansas we could find somebody to cover our shift so if i if i was off on saturdays or if i worked on saturdays and needed saturday off and my buddy worked was off saturdays but worked sundays we could switch yeah that was not a thing in our department at all yeah no it wasn't at all which honestly like it's because it's a supervisor nightmare but it's like if i could find somebody to cover me that one day that would solve so many problems right like you wouldn't have people calling in when they can't get off. And that was the thing there is like, if people put in for vacation and didn't get granted, they'll just be like, oh, well, I'm going to call in. Yeah. And they got away with it for the most part. And and they did. And until they didn't, until they were like, oh, we don't like you. And then we're going to hammer you for it, but we'll let everybody else that's been doing it. Dude. Yeah. It's a thing. And like I said earlier, that target on your back, once you piss somebody off, you're done. Yep, absolutely. Honestly, I kind of want to know whether it's like that in smaller agencies too. I, I'm sure it is. As far yeah, as like cu- you piss somebody off and then you're done. Yeah, I would assume you're it's like the same way. I would be curious how even fucking calling out sick works. You got one fucking dude. How do you call out sick? Does you the probably guy, don't. The graveyard dude, does he fucking stay or what happens? Oh, I don't. That gives me anxiety and I'm not even part of it. I think that but, does happen because I, I think I was talking to somebody about that and they're like, yeah, the, I was working graveyards and I was brand new and the morning guy called out sick. And so I was there and, and it was like 12 and he stayed over well, like 10 extra hours or something crazy, which is that, not safe at all. Safety issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, absolutely. Dude, I was in the fucking hospital for five days last year and I was still like oh my god I hope they know that I'm actually sick like that's a problem I was in the hospital on oxygen and I was still having anxiety about them knowing if I was actually sick yeah I know I got to the point where 
I'd wake up in the morning and I'd count and I'm like, oh, they're above. Hey, uh, I'd call in. Hey, I'm not feeling good. And I'd fucking stay home. See, and oh, oh, but that. Only when they were above, the, though. Only when they were above. If it was minimum, I'd go. Above. But, and that was the nice thing is, is in my previous agency, I couldn't look up anything like that. I just had to call out. So, um, but I saw on, I think it was like police one or one of the articles that there was a police chief in Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Oh, we, never, we never got into our conversation about Iowa. We need to do that. I forgot about that. Cause you're like, aren't we recording? I'm like, no, we'll talk about that though. Oh, about, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the police chiefs in some Midwest state, God, I love the Midwest, but I also love the South, but um, they are allowing one month sabbaticals for mental health reasons. How do you feel about that? If they can do it and the guys are getting paid, fuck it. Why not? I fully paid sabbaticals. That's what the article was. Please. I'm telling you one month sabbaticals right now. Well, I could see that being an issue too, because I was thinking, all right, maybe that would even save my career. Like if I would have taken like a month off and like really cleared my head. But then I think maybe you come towards, you know, you get done after a month of, uh, and you're like, nah, I fucking love this. I'm not going to work. I, yeah. I think that could be an issue too. I, I don't know. I, I look back and I see a lot of things here and there that could have happened and I could still fucking be working there. And I did want to bring up the dude that told you about PMPM PM being at that department because he only knew because me and him went on a, or he went, he went on his department right along and <laughs> I ended up telling him there cause I have a big fucking mouth. And I swore him to secrecy and all that, but, and he's a good dude and he's a good dude. And he did not tell me who you were. I had yeah. to figure out all on my own. Well, so I had an old email. I was clearing out some old emails and I had an old email from him and I just how, emailed him and was like, kind of, you know, Hey, how's it going? Do you regret your decision to come there? And he's like, nah, man, it's all right. It'll, uh, you know, it kind of the ebb and flow of things. It'll be better in a couple of years, which I really respected his, um, his optimism. I think he's wrong, but it does. I mean, they're doing some crazy shit to keep people now, but I don't, God, I think it's too little too late. We'll see. That remains to be seen. That dude I've known since the Academy and I talked to him up until like the week that I left he is still optimistic and he loves his job and he's happy. And you know what? I can't knock people's happiness. I can't, no. if you are still motivated to go to work, God bless you, you know, and peace be with you because I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I think we need to get to a place in our, the policing community of, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to continue to make memes to knock both people down but because that's what i do it's a fucking joke like it's okay 100 it's supposed to i mean it's it's supposed to be funny i think sometimes people take it a little too literally and I'm, I'm guilty of that too but i think we need to get to a place where hey it's okay to be burnt out and hate the job and it's also okay to still be invigorated and still want to do the job i 100%. think both are okay depending on where your headspace is and if as a policing community everybody's kind of supportive of where people are at i think that's good I think there's obviously debate with like the dudes that are habitually like, fuck my life, fuck everything that I mean, that shit gets kind of yeah. old, but I think, yep. I think there it's a different thing. Well, and 
for me, you can genuinely tell when people are faking it and when people genuinely are happy. I am one of those people. I can't fake it whatsoever. So if I'm pissed off and unhappy to be here, you're going to know. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people, too. I, I think it's probably pretty obvious if anybody's listening to this podcast, I do wear my emotions on my shoulders as much as I try I, not to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where every, you know, everybody has their opinion when you leave every so many. Do you know how many fucking times I heard? oh, you're going to be back. You're going to be back, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you have no idea what's going on in like my personal life that led me to these decisions. So how about you fucking cut your bullshit and just be supportive of me and my decision to leave? And I guess that was what was really disheartening to me when I left was how many people pretended to be supportive of you until you say that you're leaving and then they're like oh no you're gonna be back that's interesting because i didn't get that at all basically everyone i told was like really good to me about it the only person was the chief was like hey you know you have a year to come back which i'm still on the clock for that but i and i i handed them a letter and i was like well after you read this i will not did you do the exit interview or not i did do it oh you did i did not yeah i asked it was optional the greatest part about that is i said i wanted it and then they tried to give me uh one of the assistants who at isn't there anymore but i was like no i know him he's a good man i want to talk to the chief i'm not and surprisingly i I got it. And I wasn't like, I didn't go in there um, guns a blazing or anything like that. I was just honest about everything that was going on. I wrote a fucking seven page letter. that was like, Whoa. Hey, here's all of my shit. Here's everything that's going on. Here are the problems. Was it double spaced and did it have pictures? No, no pictures. Whoa. So it was single spaced seven pages. Hold on. Hold on. That's my old computer. I'll, I'll have to look it up. I don't even know where the fuck it is, but no, I mean, I wrote, maybe it wasn't seven pages. Now you're calling me out. I don't know. It was it was some pages, but there was no pictures. You would have thought the whole thing would have been memes. Um, I mean, but I did send out not. a meme way out. But yeah, I, and I was, the thing that I made sure to put in there was, I did mention a few things that were out of their control, but I didn't think it was fair for me to like shit on things that they had no control over. Yeah. And I feel like it basically got ignored because nothing changed. Like I I can see it in the news and everything going on like that. Nothing changed. So it was basically meaningless, but at least it made me feel better that I could call them out on their bullshit. Well, and that was my thing. Like, I, I know that when you left, you did talk to people and nothing changed. So I was like, you know what? at the place that I'm at personally, I'm just going to save my breath and bow out. Like I'm done. And it would have made me feel better to say something, but then they were like, Oh, the chief's not in this day that you're leaving. So, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just leaving. I'm not going to say anything. Plus I didn't want it thrown back in my face that I was only there for three years And you were there for, you know, what? Eight and a half. Okay. So you were there 
that long I was there for three years and they would have been like uh no you don't have an opinion so I didn't want that thrown back in my face and also I just I'm like it nothing's going to change that place is the Titanic and I I got on a life raft and I saved myself yeah I it does like it does haunt me leaving sometimes because I was so attached to the job and it was everything I wanted, but yeah, I mean, it's a tough decision, but let's, let's jump into you. This isn't about me. Why, what were some (laughs) of the reasons that kind of caused you to basically call it quits? And cause you didn't, you didn't go back into law enforcement. You have no plans to go back into law enforcement, right? I am. I, at this time I have zero plans of going back in. Um, Obviously, the last two years of going through what particularly our department has gone through and then or our previous long department um, went through and then politically, like I cannot um, put myself out there like that anymore. It was starting to cause issues with my family life. And that's something that took me two years to realize was not worth sacrificing. The job started to take a toll on me two years ago. And I'm talking mentally, emotionally, physically, like I was, I was drinking a lot. And I mean a lot. Um, I stopped working out. I stopped getting out of bed. Um, so it started, it started to take its toll on me emotionally and it was going to cost me everything. My, my marriage, my family, everybody saw it coming and I was, I guess, the only one that didn't. And so I decided that I needed to start to look at other options and, you know, I, I decided that what was causing me the most stress is the liability of everything. I stopped worrying about losing my life in the line of duty. That's not what I was scared about anymore. I was scared about spending the rest of my life in prison for being a human being and making one mistake or even worse than that, doing my job. And I felt like with the department that I was working for in the state that I was working for, and even the county that I was in, doing my job was going to cost me a lot more than what I was willing to give. Does that make sense? Oh, you're preaching to the choir, sister. Yeah. So I started to seriously look at my options and I was like, you know what? It's, it's not worth it. I had several conversations with my family and, you know, people that I consider mentors in the department that I worked for and my previous agency too. I was like, you know, this is kind of what's going on. And I, I have to be done because I'm not willing to sacrifice my family and my personal life for this, not the direction that it's going. And I guess it was a combination of a lot of things, but I saw the state and the county charging officers for doing their job. And that's not, 
then, you know, this last year, my, my, uh, neighbor was killed in the, the Boulder Kroger. Oh, dude, I didn't know that. That's terrible. Yeah, that, that was my neighbor left behind seven kids. Um, so I saw that. And then one of, one of my, um, good friends from back home in Kansas was seriously wounded in the line of duty and almost died and almost left behind one of my best friends and their kids. And so it was just like all of that combining at one time when I was already feeling like, okay, I need to get out. I need to find something different because I'm not happy anymore. And when you're a cop, you know, and you realize life is too fucking short. It's so short and you never know when it's going to going to be your time. So I was like, I'm miserable. I'm not working out like I did. I'm not having the healthy relationships that I had. And, you know, there was a a lot going on in my personal life to where I decided that it, that job is not worth it. Not worth everything that I was sacrificing. That's basically where I was at. And it's kind of hard to put into words, you know, two years worth of feelings and all the different things, but I think you hit it pretty hard and getting out, maybe have like the hangover from it too, because in it, it just dawned on me even like the, a day ago where I'm like, why am I still mad about this stuff? I'm not there anymore. Yeah. Not there. And it it is really easy to be angry. It's really easy to be angry. And part of it is my own doing because I, I still talk shop a lot, but I just was like, why am I mad? There's I'm in a fucking middle of nowhere, thousand miles away. It's awesome. Why am I not taking advantage of this? Why am I not being happy? Well, and I think that because part of you, like once you get out, you're still attached to it somehow, some way. You still are because your friends are still there and all of that. So I think it's good to stay connected to those people to an extent without letting it, you know, cause you guilt or um, you know, second guessing leaving because I know why I left and granted I'm only what a week and a half out of being out of it fully. And I feel like my head and my heart are finally at peace with each other because there was a lot of arguing there for a while, as far as like my head saying, bitch, you need to get out. You need, you need to be done. Like you're going to sacrifice your entire family, marriage, relationships, everything. You are going to sacrifice all of it if you stay in this job. And then my heart finally caught up to me. And I think it was because of the last year with that happening to my neighbor and my friend. And, and I hate to say that because that's, that's not what I feared. I didn't fear getting killed in the line of duty. Like I know where I'm going when I go. And so it wasn't that it was, it was that in a combination with what was happening with our department and them outright charging and looking to charge officers for anything. The, the outpouring of support in the community was great. Yeah. That officer in Boulder, it really was, but I think that was really, I think that was like right when I left was when that happened. Cause I remember it would have been March of last year. Okay. Yeah. I remember watching on in briefing um, the news coverage yeah, or debrief and you think to yourself, okay, 
we we all know that's a possibility being a cop, right? A hundred percent. We all know that's a thing. I mean, I had a guy that was a ex Detroit cop that told me he's like, "That's never going to happen to you." Which I I thought that was kind of like, dude, that's the wrong way to look at it. But I get what he was saying, right? Like you can't just think go out there thinking that's going to happen. But yeah. let's be real, it's a possibility. So when you put that possibility out there, and I don't want to say that he died for nothing because he absolutely didn't die for nothing, but you feel like you're you're doing this sacrifice, which I'm not the thank me for my service guy, but you're sacrificing yourself mentally and physically for your community mm-hmm. and they don't care. Why am I yeah. putting myself out there? Well, and mine wasn't, my decision to leave wasn't so much on the community. Mine was, well, okay. They voted mine these assholes more, in, I'm just saying. Exactly. Like everybody wants to sit here and be like, oh, the silent majority is going to speak up. The silent majority is going to speak up. Bitch, I'm telling you, we're, it, we're in the, you know, red zone or however you want to say it. And they're not speaking up. So it, it honestly gets defeating. And it's, and I'm saying that from somebody who was in a specialty unit. Like my job was pretty fucking cake. Uh, but it just got to the point where after last year, it was starting to take its toll on me. And I'm like, you know what? Why am I putting all of this on the line for a one city council that does not fucking support their officers at all? And I'm talking at all or really a state that doesn't support their officers. Like, why am I doing this? For what? And, and meanwhile, I'm not one of those happy, positive people. That's like that can come to work and be like, Oh, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. I, I admit I am not a glass half full type of person. And so I guess that's ultimately the, you know, part of the reason why I left is I'm kind of a pessimist, but I also had all of this other stuff going on in my personal life that, that led me to that choice, but it's, it's defeating going to work every day feeling like one, your department doesn't support you two, your city council doesn't support you and two, the, or three, the, um, courts that you work for as far as like I never got too obsessed with whether they charged somebody or didn't charge somebody because I knew that was out of my hands but when they are outright looking to charge cops is when I have a problem with it yeah when cops are the problem and not gang members with guns yes or oh we're gonna dump this pow po but uh we're gonna go ahead and charge this cop for something ticky tack exactly and and the 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 criminals aren't held personally responsible for jack shit, but yet all the cops are all the time for everything on duty, off duty, everything. So that's when I start to have a problem with it is when you're looking and particularly for the department that we worked for, they were looking to charge cops and then sit here and blast their bullshit into media and then be like, oh, this is for tran- the sake of transparency. Well, you can only talk about the sake of transparency for so long. 
Yeah, and you're not transparent about your own actions up top. You're oh God. Weird. Now I I guess I will say I'm probably a pessimist too. I think where guys and gals are a little bit different than us is they look at all that stuff and they say, Well, yeah, but there's people out there that need me. Which they're right. They're right. But yeah. I'm I'm kind of of the opinion, like, I get that. And, like, fighting the good fight is a good thing. And I'm not going to shit on anybody for doing it. I'm going to make memes and make fun of you. But I don't think you're, like, you're good people. Like, you're doing the right thing for good reasons. But you also got to understand some people just, I can't, I can't look past all this other shit. Like, it's consuming. And it was, it was ultimately yeah. better for me and a lot of other people to walk away. You I and would, I both. Right. And it, here's the thing is, one of these factors changes, it's a lot better. Like, I know a lot of people in Colorado, they have they work for good departments. They're like, hey, a lot of shit's changed. We may not have the support, you know, through the state, but their department still protects them and takes care of them and does things the right way. Well, I would have changed things a lot. Like, that would have changed things a lot for me. Yeah. I, I looked at other departments in Colorado before I ultimately made the decision to leave. But then I looked at the state as a whole and I looked at, just whether or not I still had it in me to go. I, and, and that was a hard decision for me to come to, but you and I both know Colorado is one of the most expensive states to live. If you don't have a decent income. Even and if you so, have a decent income, it's, huh? I mean, it's ridiculous. Even if you have a decent income, it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. And so I was just like, you know what? Like, maybe Colorado is not my state, not to mention the, oh, this is where we can get back into um, the Midwest conversation. Let's do it. So Colorado, statistically one of the healthiest states, right? Like it's low obesity rates, low um, uh, everything rates, I think. Right? Gonna, yeah. And this is going to sound really mean, but I'm just, I don't know if I could say this, but I'm just going to say I've been to several of like, not the, a bunch of the cities in this area. And I guess people are just healthier looking in Colorado where there's people, I fit in a little bit better out here because I'm a little thick. Oh yeah. And there's, there's just thick people out here. Just And you know what? I don't live your best life. I have zero issues with that. I'm literally just saying what I have witnessed <laughs> and I guess seen, like I'm a pretty healthy person. I used to bodybuild for several years and then I stopped and now I just continue to work out. But so I, Colorado is one of the healthiest States where everybody's outdoorsies, you know, everybody's got bumper stickers on their goddamn Subarus. It jeeps and shit, and I shouldn't say anything because I have a jeep. But um, it's a jeep thing. It's a jeep thing. I don't jeep wave because I th I have a Grand Cherokee, so you don't jeep wave with Grand Cherokee. Okay. But anyway, so I you know, and I liked to hike. I was not that outdoorsy. Like you will not catch my ass in a tent. I don't sleep on the ground. Oh, I miss camping in the mountains. I do miss that. Oh, fuck that, dude. I'm I'm high maintenance of shit, but it's <laughs> one of those things. So you see all these healthy people in Colorado. And then, you know, when I used to bodybuild, I used to go from Kansas to Colorado to do the bodybuilding circuit because it was way more competitive. 
So anyway, then we moved to Texas and there are so many people. <laughs> this sounds terrible and fucking judgmental as shit, but there are a lot more motorized carts in Texas going on in the grocery store than there were in Colorado. I don't know. When I lived in Colorado, I also lived in the shithole, which is Greeley, which, by the way, the Greeley PIO was uh, hitting up poorly made the other day. I was I was kind of impressed. I looked at that department hard. Greeley, I that was where I thought I was going to be a cop. I have. Really? Yes, I have very high opinions on Greeley PD, but. Well, I was going to go there, but then I found out they have a tattoo policy and I have tattoos everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, they're they're old school in that regard. But Greeley is like a a good agency, at least in my opinion. But I I don't Oh, but so I used to live there in the Walmarts and Greeley. There was definitely some folks on the hover rounds in the Walmart. I don't really see. I mean, people are big out here and maybe it's a pride thing. I don't know. But. They don't they don't fucking go in the scooter that I can recall. But I do live in a like a lot smaller community. So, yeah, I don't know. I no. feel like if you're like really big and like that unhealthy, I think you got to kind of live closer to the city or like better doctors. But I'm also be like hyper aware of all of this stuff because I did compete for so many years and then I do have a personal training certificate and I'm a certified personal trainer and all that stuff. So. Do you tell I, them that when you like you walk by Big Bertha on her uh, hover around? Yeah, say, I hey, hand out my business put down that falafel. Come, <laughs> come for a run. No, I'm like, hey, just just put it in your folds, okay? Oh no, but <laughs> how do you watch the the fat people shows? By the way, I just I don't get it, dude. I'm obsessed. It's, it's so okay, weird. So do you watch I the pimple popping shows too? No, I don't do that, Ugh. dude. I don't. It sounds super cliche and I hate when people say this, but they're like, I don't watch a lot of TV. Now, I, I usually I don't. I'm more of a YouTube video watcher as far as like I watch podcasts and I watch um, makeup videos and all sorts of other bullshit. So that's more of what I'm used to. But now that I'm unemployed again, um, I'm on this reality tv kick i've watched love is blind on netflix i'm now back on my 600 pound life which i've always been obsessed with even when i was competing i would do my morning cardio and watch my 600 pound life and i'm obsessed with fat people and their journeys i am on a journey right now a big journey are you well you're not drinking right now well this is like day one of not drinking i i stopped I had I drank the other night and I was like, all right, I'm going to try and go tell St. Patrick's Day ish. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to just go a month without drinking just to see if that has a major effect on my weight. Because I've basically been losing and gaining the last 10 pounds for like two months. And I don't know, I, I probably should hire a personal trainer, but I'm like a dick like that. I just I'm very independent. I like want to do shit on my own. I don't like I don't want help, which is stupid. It's well, so stupid, but that's just kind of how I am. I tell you, booze has sadly a drastic effect on weight. Oh, I'm sure it does. But here's what's weird, though. I feel like the right amount of booze for me is okay. Like if I have 
I used to drink, uh, I was doing a biggest loser thing like a year ago. Yeah. And I would drink like a 40 almost every night. Oh, and I was still losing weight. But and what were you eating throughout the day? I wasn't like, like that bad. I mean, no, I was eating okay throughout the day. Maybe not a 40, like maybe like the bigger one, like the 24 or whatever. But I mean, like I was drinking almost every single night. Not like, not like Jim Leahy drinking, but like, you know, I'd have a beer almost <laughs> every single night. Do you, so you got that reference. You watch Trailer Park Boys? I've seen episodes of the Trailer I Park Boys, but hey, now it's on my list. It's on my list. Oh yeah. Get, get through. Month. Get through I, Trailer I, Park Boys. Get through Letter Kenny. Okay, no wait. I have six more weeks until I start school, so I have six more weeks to watch whatever bullshit I can watch. So that was going to be my next question: is uh, what's the uh, the next move for the Pocket Cop? The next step is in my journey. Your Once journey. again, I hate that. I I hate that shit. We're all just trying to survive. Um, I'm going to cosmetology school. hey that's a thing dude people have been paying to get their fucking shit done for years okay well and i'm in texas now the bigger the better in texas and i know how much i pay to get my hair done like i believe it's hair did hair did yes it's true but i've always been like my alternate lifestyle has been beauty hair makeup so i was like you know what that was always kind of plan b so let's just go to plan b so i'm lucky enough that i have a supportive family that will help me through all of this and i'm gonna get a part-time job probably at a salon or you know if i got a bartend i got a bartend but i'm just gonna focus the rest of my time and especially this next year to mending relationships that I haven't exactly I don't want to say put a lot of effort into but I guess let fall to the wayside because I was so unhappy in my career yeah that makes sense oh no it makes total sense and I mean think about it like we're spinning on this planet 800 miles an hour or something like that and uh, if it stops, we'd all die instantly. But anyway, but we're basically just surviving, right? Whether whatever you believe yeah. is on the other side, we're basically just surviving. But let's be real. Take care of what's important. Yeah. Your family, your kids, your wife, your husband, your, whatever. Like, that's the shit that actually matters is friends and family. Because, you know, it, that God forbid that time when you're on your deathbed, what are you, you're not going to think about you know, all the dumb shit, all the materialistic shit. You're going to think about your experiences with your friends and your family. A hundred percent. And real quick, do you think, I I was having this conversation with my dad last week. Do you think being a cop has made you more emotional towards your family? Um, No. Really? I think being a cop has ruined me in a lot of different ways, but- but but with your family, like I'm I'm talking your immediate family. No, I don't think so. Now, when because, you let's let's clarify this a little bit and quantify it. What do you mean by okay. that? I'm telling you, I don't know when this is going to come out, but nobody knows uh, in it, two days. Point. Okay, well, I just found out that I'm going to be an aunt, 
and I can't have kids. So my sister and I's relationship is everything to me. And I, I'm the youngest of three girls, but my sister just told me on Sunday that she's expecting a baby. And I, I'm telling you, I ugly cried. I freaked out. I ugly cried because that to me is so important. And I guess I realize the, the importance and the value of those relationships more than what some people do, I feel like. Um, but also like, I just, I feel so much towards my family because I've been through so many experiences with other families experiencing loss or, you know, just the, the worst day of their lives. And yet here I am. I guess, (laughs) no, I know. I hear what you're saying. I guess what I equated it to is I think when I was on the job, I was so like that was everything. And don't get me wrong, like I don't think I'm a shitty parent by any means, but I do feel like a lot of my time and energy and thoughts went towards policing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always encourage people like do your 40 and then, you know, be done. Or you know, be do done. training day or whatever, but everything else needs to go towards your your you know, the rest of your life. And it's hard to detach from policing because it's it is a lifestyle. It is. It, there's just so much to it. But I guess I would say now that I feel like <laughs> this is going to sound horrible, but hear me out. I just feel like I notice more things about my kids than I ever did. And especially now, you know, I, I've talked about it as, you know, staying home with a little kid and seeing him do shit that like I didn't experience with my other ones. Cause you know, I was working, which is, it's a part of life. People work. It's, it's a thing, but I'm fortunate enough where I'm in a position where I can do this. I can stay at home and, and you get to experience those I things. I get to experience this thing that I never really experienced Yeah. to this extent. And it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Little kids are assholes sometimes, but it's really cool. It's a, it's awesome. I mean, it's a cool thing to experience and it's really cool to like really pay more attention to my kids and like see them growing up. And I feel like I was starting to miss that because I got so disengaged with everything. Like, I feel like I'm there more and available for them and more emotionally available for them. You're connected again. I'm connected. I'm more connected, I think, than I I ever was. Yeah. And that's really fucking cool. And I guess, like, being a cop broke me of certain things as far as, like, with friendships that I have and, you know, maybe family relationships, but your problems are not problems. And then on the flip side to that, like, that's their problems. They don't experience what I experience on a daily basis. So I started to get kind of cold towards a lot of my friends because I was like, God bless. Like, I do not want to hear you bitch about Karen and accounting ever again. Like I'm out here dealing with all this stuff. And that's when I became super selfish is I started to think that my issues And what was going on in my head was more of an issue than what they were dealing with. And it took me stepping back and realizing like, this is real issues to people and people that love me and care about me that are complaining to me because I'm their friend or their sister or partner or whatever. And 
I was starting to get to the point where I didn't give a fuck. And that was super eye-opening to me because I was like, I have to get back to the point where my brain functions as a normal human being. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. And I think, and this isn't just like a cop thing. I think in every like working class or rich, poor, I think we all kind of forget. And I would say, especially with cops, but I think we all kind of forget other people have problems and like, Oh, well, if I had money, this wouldn't be a problem, but then you'd have other problems. And just because yeah. something's not a perceived problem to you, doesn't mean it might not be a problem to somebody else. And we get so everybody's so fucking judgmental of everyone else, but then they fail to care for themselves. If that makes any sense. And, yeah. and I kind of realize that with myself sometimes is I get like, I get invested in other people's shit, even people I don't know. And I, and I start thinking about why, who cares? It's not, that's them. That's their deal. That's really none of my fucking business. The problem is it's all online now. Like this isn't, we're all, I think that's a big problem too. And I don't want to like go too crazy, but everything is online. Everybody puts their problems online. I yeah. think we've kind of gone away from, we do post like people are fake online for sure. Like they post, uh, you know, smiling pictures and their families and, all the shit and they don't post the real shit, which I mean, why would you like, why would I, well, you know, and my kid left what... a fucking mess on the floor. I'm not going to put that on Facebook, but yeah. everybody, you know, everybody's guilty of like taking the right photo to fucking put online. Like I'm going to post a picture of my fucking the dungeon later tonight. I took the right <laughs> photo, right? Well, it's still shitty, but to make it every... look extra grungy, e extra grungy, everybody's guilty of that to an extent, but we all post our problems online or yeah. Everything you see online is something that, like, I get worked up over something. I'm like, hold on a second. This literally has no effect on me at all. Yep. And it, we take so much time working on other people's problems that we don't actually work on our problems. We neglect yeah, yeah. our problems because we're worried about somebody else's shit. And that's, I, I've stopped posting super personal stuff online and... You know, I, I fight my battles with myself and I include those who I want to include. Like it's, it's kind of empowering to realize that you don't have to share every single minute and every single high or low or anything else with the rest of the world. Yep. But also like, like I was saying before is I, I remember vividly my friend bitching to me one day, and this is just in relationships. This is, you know, outside of social media, my friend bitching to me one day about her coworker. And I had just got up probably after three hours of sleep or some bullshit. And she was bitching to me about her coworker and she's not a cop. And I had just done three death notifications that night. And I remember vividly, I got so angry at her. And I'm like, why the fuck are you bitching to me about your coworker when I just did this all night long? I had to tell people their loved ones were dead. And I got super salty for no reason. No reason. That was a big deal to her. So that's why she was telling me one of her best friends about it. 
And that was one of my awakening moments where I was like, ooh, things are kind of bad for me mentally right now. Because I'm discrediting her struggles and thinking that mine are bigger. And that was one of the very sobering times that I had, you know, when I was in the job that I was like, I got to reel this back a little bit because I'm starting to sacrifice my own personal life for the job because I was ready to unleash on her and be like, well, I don't give a fuck what your coworker did. I just did this tonight, but I didn't. But it like, did you ever have any of those experiences where you were like, oh, shit like maybe i might be a little bit broken inside oh yeah and i i think i continue to still fucking be broken and i i think to me my big thing right now to get a little personal is kind of self-awareness and being more aware of myself if that makes any sense because oh yeah i think sometimes you get so lost into whatever else that you've it i don't know it's almost like online and and everything else going on in, in the job is just like it's not real. Like it's not real. And, um, my whole thing is just trying to be self-aware of like when I'm an asshole or when I'm not paying attention, here's a perfect example. My little girl always wants to tell me about all like the little drama at school. You know what? (laughs) It's really stupid. And I fucking, it bores me to death, but you know what? It's super important to her. So I'm going to listen and pay attention to it. Right. Yeah. Where before I might not have, I might've just went been off in space and oh yeah mm-hmm, yeah that's so shitty man that's so shitty and i don't know if i assume everybody else is guilty of it i don't know but i know i was and i i you know sometimes you sometimes you wake up and this is a weird thing and we're here so we're going to talk about it you know that old adage of when somebody's not feeling good and you're like well just just you know just feel better have you tried that um have you tried not being sad you know just yeah oh god which Hold on a second, though. You are kind of in control of your own destiny, but it it has to click at the right time. And I might be blowing smoke out my ass, but like I feel like I had an epiphany the other day. And if if I'm right about it, I'll probably do like a whole podcast about what like this weird epiphany I had. Um, But I'm going to hold off until it's been more than a couple of days because I might be a piece of shit in a couple of days. (laughs) But I just kind of had this like light bulb fucking moment where I just kind of felt like I was drawn back into reality. You know, like I've had, this is a weird thing, but you know, you have those days where you're like, fuck man, I feel really good today and nothing bad happened. And I feel kind of like on top of the world. And then something so stupid will happen. And then it just, Oh fuck. Why me? Fuck my life. Everything stupid happens to me. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I'm sure I'm like, I'll be angry again in my life. Like that's not, but I just feel like I had this epiphany where I'm like, hold on a second. Have you ever tried not being sad or upset? <laughs> and it was like, oh yeah. And it, as stupid as that sounds, it, I could, we'll talk about it more down the line, but I just, you are really like, I think you are really in control of your own destiny, but sometimes, or in your own mindset, but sometimes it takes a lot to fucking get there. And you don't, you don't realize like what you're doing. Like, you know, something as simple as like not paying attention to when your spouse or your kids are talking to you, you could do that for years. Like the movie Click, right? Where he fucking I fast forwards movie. through his life, right? Yeah. That's, we do that. 
People do that. I am guilty of that. You fast forward through your fucking life and it's so wrong, but we all do it. You do. And I feel like I have lived my life to the extremes. Like, why does everything have to be extreme? If I go to, if I get up, I go do my workout and let's just jump back into the police world for a minute. Like if I get up, get my workout done, go to work and in a great mood. And then my supervisor says one thing to piss me off. Why do I personally, because that's who I am, go to the extreme and then all of a sudden it's a bad day. And then you have that bad day and then you let it affect your whole week. And then I, I think that with everything, it doesn't have to be extremes as far as I can go to work and be confident in what I'm doing today and then just keep coasting with that. I know that with policing and everything, it's, it's hard not to look forward to that next promotion or next raise or bid or whatever that you may be doing like I feel like since I've stepped back um and let's face it I've stepped back six months ago not just a week and a half ago but you start to realize that the things that you thought were big things weren't big things oh yeah yeah and that's exactly what I was thinking the other day but here's another thing and and you brought it up is the whole like looking forward to the next thing. I feel like there was years of my life that I wasted because I was, I always had like something circled like, Oh, we're going to go do this in two months or three months. And so everything was looking forward to whatever that was and not being in the moment, so to speak, which I know is like a big thing that smarter people than I talk about, but not being there, not being present. And I don't want to get like all hoity-toity and like crazy on the podcast because it's supposed to be stupid, but that's a real thing. Like it's you're true, just, you, it's basically, you're basically like people waste their lives in different ways. That is wasting your life is you're basically, you're not living for the moment, so to speak. There's so much other shit that goes on every single day where you can, even if it's stupid, live your best fucking life. And that's, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like policing jaded me on certain things because I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, YOLO, live your best life. Fuck everything. Do you be happy? Blah, 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 blah. I said, do you? That's what she said. That's what she said. But then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm like that, but I'm not really living like that. I'm more, I almost sacrificed my marriage my family, my friendships, my life, because there was a time there where I was super depressed, but I'm saying like, it, it gives you one perspective on the YOLO live your life perspective, but also you may be sacrificing that in other aspects. It's a balance that is hard to find. And ultimately I couldn't find it in this time. So I left. Yeah. And I don't want people to get the wrong idea about me being happy go lucky now because that's absolutely not the case. I think the world is shit and everything's going to shit. And, oh, uh, I do too. But at this, but you know what? I cannot literally do anything about that. I guess I could use this platform to speak out, but there's a bunch of other fucking dudes that do that. I don't want to fucking 
spout my I mean, I'm going to spout my opinions every once in a while, but it's that's not what I do. I have but, fucking four kids. That's what my life is now. Yeah. Right. I have my wife and my four kids. That's what I'm living for. I think our fucking country is doomed and our planet's doomed, but I'm here <laughs> for the fucking ride, man. I can't do you, shit about that. You and I both, buddy. And that's why, you know what? I decided to quit my job. I'm and unemployed and go on a journey. And go on my journey. My journey. I might get that tattooed on me somewhere. I don't know. My journey. But, um, you know, I may pierce my whole face. I don't know what is left in my journey, but I know that I'm going to spend the rest of my life like putting forth effort in places that I sacrificed for so long or that I put on the back burner for so long. That's that's ultimately why I walked away. And honestly, if you're listening to this and you can you can put all of that on the same burner, your career and your family life and your your mental health and everything on the same burner and it all works out good for you. I will be your number one supporter. And that was the other thing. When I got out, I told all my friends, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the number one law enforcement supporter. I, that's just who I am, but I just can't do it any longer. And I can walk away with my head held high and the memories that I've made and be done with it. Yep. And now I'm going to spend the rest of my days loving my family, trying to mend relationships that I, you know, have broken ultimately. And all I can do is mend those relationships and live to make the world a more beautiful place by giving people hair and makeup and everything. Like that's my goal. So if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you need a hairstylist, come see me in January. It, I was gonna make a joke about making, yeah, it was a plug, but I was gonna make a joke about making ugly people look good, but then I thought that was mean. No, 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 no. Speaking of that, do you want to? Okay, so I, what what do you mean speaking? I don't know where this is going, but yeah, go ahead. I have a pretty creative brain for the most part. Okay, all I can think of, all my friends have been like, Well, do you want to open your own salon? Blah 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 blah, and I'm like, No, like I, I need to build a clientele first and all that. All I can come up with for a salon name is Catfish Couture. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Don't do that. You will not get. Um... No, I know. But I just I thought of that and I just laughed because I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm kind of helping catfish the world doing hair and makeup for a living. But you know what? I don't give a shit. As long as you feel good. Whatever. Ugly people need love, too. That 100%. Was rude of me. But it's true. Hey. Here's the thing. You can't control for the most part. I mean, you can control if you're fat or skinny somewhat. Yes. You can't control if you're ugly. But here's the thing is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And that's just not something that ugly people say. Or that's not something that people say just to make ugly people feel better, which is from liar, liar, right? Is that where (laughs) I stole that from? I think so. All right. We got to do some fun shit. We got to do the fun shit now because I got to wrap this up because I got to go to bed because I'm an old man. Here's the fun shit. I got to go through my whole rigmarole of questions, but we're going to start with shit that's not normally on there because you may be able to help out here. Have you been the Bucky's yet since you're in Texas? Hell yes. Okay. Is it really all that and a bag of uh, chips? Hell yes. Okay. 
My old partner sent me a uh, some socks from Bucky's that I wear occasionally. I about I about got a Bucky's onesie with the little beaver tail on the butt. Bucky's is a whole thing, and I will say I'm obsessed with Icy's, like the original Icy's, not this bullshit off brand stuff. I C I C E E E. Oh, those are good. Those are fucking legit. Oh, dude, and I like Slurpees too, though. I'm not gonna lie. You like what? I like Slurpees from 7-Eleven no, too. Slurpees are good too, but I'm talking like the off-brand shit. Oh okay? no, I know. You got to get the good stuff if you're gonna do it. You got to get the good shit. Bucky's has the ultimate selection, and Bucky's has like home decor. It's got everything. Like if 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 you're one of those housewives that wants the sign that says farmhouse, I'm God, not, I hate I that. Bulls, oh my but... God, I hate that. There's this house I always drive by and there's a big fucking sign on the porch that says home. Yes, oh God, I, I know. It's a fucking house. <laughs> of course, it's a home, you stupid fucks. No, my guest bathroom has a sign in it that says, please don't shit in the Coke room. <laughs> I like it. I like it's it. Funny. It is funny. funny. I, I okay. don't know. I would imagine you being as a live, laugh, love kind of person. I'm sure you got that oh, in the living room. Hell no. I, I know, like, I know about I your Karen shit. hatred. I don't now, know. My whole aesthetic is black, but he's is 110% what you think it is. Okay. Oh, I guess I'll have to take a trip down to Texas. You may be one of the unique people that have experienced all three of these. I could be wrong. Have you been to Whataburger? No. Oh. There's three in the town I'm living in. But you haven't gone yet. Because I was going to ask I, you what I'm is better person i'm more of a chicken fingers bitch oh so you know about well we've talked about brahms before because i was gonna see better whataburger god brahms brahms is in north texas though so oh and i know because i've been there yeah i i want brahms so bad like i think the closest (laughs) one to me is like three and a half hours away and i was like let's just do it my wife's like we're gonna drive we're gonna be in the car for seven hours just so you can get a burger (laughs) and i was like Yes. And ice cream. Yes. I, I got to be honest. The ice cream is pretty good, but I'm all about their burgers. I don't, there's uh, something about those burgers that are just fucking fantastic. Brahms fucks. Brahms does fuck. Speaking of fucking, one of my latest questions that I ask people, what are your thoughts and opinions of a police officer that also has an OnlyFans account? I honestly don't really give a shit. Okay, so you're going to be the first person. Like, most people are like, oh, yeah. Well, I won't say most people. I was actually kind of surprised when I put it on Instagram. But everybody on the podcast so far is like, no, you can't do it. You don't I think don't, it would cause, I, like, a conflict interest or anything or no, cause I problems? I 100% think it would. But if anything that policing has taught me in nine years, it's stay in your fucking lane, which means I don't get involved or give a fuck about what other officer is doing like do you and have fun well, they will be do they will be doing themselves yes literally that's what they get paid money. for literally for money which you know what it's what? the oldest profession i mean i let's, let's be real here like no, i ahead. just don't give a shit i don't give a shit and that's coming from a female officer. Like I've seen some of these female officers. 
I haven't subscribed to their shit, but like I've seen the viral bullshit and I'm like, oh girl. But you know what? Who am I to judge? Like, I don't, I don't care. Will I ever do it? Absolutely not. But if you want to do it, I don't care. But just realize that like, if civil litigation comes after you, they're going to pull all that shit up. <laughs> yeah. So that's all, I, that's all I'm going to say. You know, here's the thing is, I, I'm not going to say like being at OnlyFans is being a prostitute. Because I think there's like, there's like a line in the sand and you haven't, you know, you're kind of like dipping your toe close to it, but you haven't really crossed it. Yeah. But let's be real here. That is literally the world's oldest profession, right? Correct. Sex has been like the thing forever. That's never going to change. And people are going to find new and exciting and sometimes fucking weird ways to get off. And I guess that's just like our generation's thing. But I just, I don't know. I, I'm of the opinion if you're a cop, you shouldn't do it. But I do, I do respect other people's opinions. So I, I do, I understand that opinion. Like I do get where people are coming from when they're like, you know, you hold yourself to a higher standard, whatever. I get that. I just, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now, I don't know if I should even ask you this. Let's go. Uh, now, have you, I know you listen to most of the podcasts. Have you heard where I started asking people? See, it's weird because I know you. That's why I don't want to ask. But uh, where Just I started. Ask. Have you ever shit your pants as an adult? No. No, I haven't. I wonder if the guys have worse. Um, I don't think that's a chick thing. I think that's a dude I can, thing. I can say my husband has shit his pants several times. <laughs> And he won't be mad that I tell you because he tells it to everybody. So I wonder, okay, maybe we need to do a science experiment because every chick I've asked has not shit their pants. I have not. I think I have super powerful sphincter muscles. Okay. All right. So maybe, (laughs) maybe the science is coming. Like, you know, we went and we're like, I thought a bunch of people were liars, but maybe it's just dudes shit their pants. and No, I think, I think it, I genuinely think it is because I think one women have more powerful muscles down in their genitals anyway, due to childbirth and everything like that. But I have never personally shit my pants because I have poop anxiety. So I don't shit in public places. Okay, see, I fucking am so jealous of you people that are like, well, I'll just hold it till I get home. I'm like, I can't. Uh, I cannot. I have bro, to. I held my shit for five days at church camp when I was growing up. My mom oh got my so God. mad at me when I was growing up because she was like, you're going to get compacted. You're going to have to get dug out at the ER. Like, my mom was in healthcare. <laughs> and <laughs> homegirl was scared. Because I was like, yeah, I held my shit for five days. Like women, women don't shit their pants. We fart and we poop, but we don't shit our pants. I don't think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. What? You fart and leave poop. Yes. A hundred percent. That's a natural thing. If That's shitting your pants. Farting? And pooping? Oh, no, not at the same time. Okay. All right. Got you. I was like, hold on a second, man. If if brown stuff hits the fucking the the cloth you're out no there's some dudes that are like girls don't shit 
Oh, I hate. I can out poop you any day of the week. Okay, now we're getting a little weird, but I, <laughs> I don't. Is it weird? That I'd like a fart is funny except when it comes from a chick. I don't like it when a chick. You're farts. one of those guys. It's weird. I don't know. It's like a one of those guys. What do you mean, you people? Um, no, it's like it's like it's just a natural. Human it is thing. a natural thing. It's just I don't know why. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've been married for a long time. I'm well aware. <laughs> of women fart and shit but well it's like i'm not so unclassy that like i'd go on a first few dates with a dude and then like unload like i would never do that but it's just once you're in a long-term relationship those things just it is what it is it's human bodies yeah i don't think i farted around my future wife for like a month i remember one time it hurt so bad i was like i'm gonna feel so good if i fart but i just would not do it and i remember my husband even saying that like are you okay and i was like yeah i'm fine no he farted on our first date that's true love i've never met the man 15 years ago and you know what he was like he oh he's red but it was like he goes, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. This bitch is eight years younger than me. Like, if she likes me, she likes me. He didn't give a shit. He thought he was going to be single forever. So, and turns out I stuck around. So, you know, I think there's, I don't think there's any flaw in that logic, to be honest. I feel like sometimes you go and like you meet somebody to, like, you meet at a bar, which I think is like one of the worst places to meet somebody on earth is to like, meet at a bar did you guys meet well, at a we, bar we met like... at a party okay but not like okay what kind of party like a like... drinking party where i shouldn't have been at because i was underage <laughs> not <laughs> that much underage like six weeks under 18. oh i get you well i guess that's fu- i think the like i think a party is different like the whole bar jump hopping thing and the bar scene yeah. i think is not great for meeting people you want to meet somebody not that this was a relationship episode that was last week but you want to meet somebody and like actually be able to like be real around them. I, I think that's why we have so oh, yeah. failed people are just like fake, which I mean, yeah, I held in a fart, but other than that, I felt like I was pretty much me when I, well, have you uh, used Facetune on any of your pictures? No, I found out that that was a thing. I had to like research it. I was like, Facetune. What the fuck is that? Dude. These people can cinch in their waist, make their ass bigger, make their cheeks bigger get rid of all their i was like that is so much effort nobody's fucking real anymore no and, and then when you meet the like the whole thing. that's why the whole catfishing things a real fucking deal i know and that's, do that shit all the time that's why i thought my salon was a funny name but it i'm not gonna do name. that much work like i i'm fully women like empowerment as far as like just love yourself like confidence is key i i if you're on a dating app and you've got all your catfish pictures up, then ugh, it's going to be a rough go. But, yep. you know, luckily I haven't had to deal with any of that, but I'm just be who you are, no matter what age you are, just be who you are. And if it works out, it works out. I don't really. Well, and I, I feel bad because I was dropping some ugly jokes, which I, I really have no room to speak, but let's be real here. I think most people, not everybody, but, I'm telling you right now, if uh, I was like, had to pick if that's how this world worked and I was like, all right, I got 
and I hate the number thing. I think the number thing's so douchey, but just for the sake of radio, fake radio. Oh, here comes my cat to take a shit. But if I have like a nine in front of me, but she's a fucking winch, but then I have like a five in front of me, but she's cool as shit. I'm going to take five all day to spend my life with. I don't. Dude, personality. Makes a huge difference. It's a huge difference. It's like being, it's like being materialistic. Like, of course you want like a nine personality and a nine, um, and a nine body or whatever, but it's like being materialistic. Like, yeah, like, cool. She looks good, but she's fucking miserable to be around. What's the point? Yeah. And here's the thing is like, I'm four foot nine inches tall. I'm kind of high maintenance is in the fact that I don't camp, but like, I like to think that I'm funny and I'm personable and shit like that. But I'm telling you, I've met some chicks that are so god awful to be around that it doesn't care. It doesn't matter like how hot you are. Well, and guys always wonder, and I'm, and I think it's the same for chicks too. Like guys always wonder, like, holy shit, that dude out kicked his coverage. Yeah, because oh, he's yeah. not an asshole. Because yeah. he's fucking nice to her. He cooks her meals. He buys her flowers. I was talking to one of my friends the other day. She's in her 30s. She's like, yeah, I've never had a guy buy me flowers. And I'm like, are you fucking insane? You're in your fucking 30s? I'm telling you, like, don't be a fucking, I don't know. I, I could go on and on and on about that. Like, the whole, like, um, people are just so materialistic and whatever. But that's that's not this podcast. We're, ta- we're supposed to be talking about policing. Okay, well, sorry. but that No, go on your rant. Go on your that, rant. No, I was just going to say, like, I'm one that I'm not impressed by flowers. Like, if you can sit here and make me laugh, I would take a laugh over flowers any day. So, well, yeah, that, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's it's a it's a complete package. I make dumb jokes. Yeah, I buy flowers. What else do you need? Well, and at the end of the day, like you guys, are you not best friends? No, totally are. Yeah. And it got to the point where like in my relationship, I had to look, look at stuff. And I was like, you know what? This dude is my best friend. I want to tell him everything when, you know, shit is going on. So that's, that's all I'm going to say is my parents have been married 40. Okay. They got married in 80. So what would that be? 42 42 years. Yeah. 42 years. So they've been married 42 years. And you know what? My dad told me last week when we were having a beer, he was like, your mom is my best friend at the end of the day. And and he goes, so that's all you can really hope for. Yeah. And how many, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of like my parents have been married for 40 years too. How many people can say that like our age can fucking say that their parents have been married that old or for that long not very many not many not many people get married for the wrong reasons now they're not getting married because it's they're i i don't know i just i I would scream it from the mountaintops is people and i can are so selfish about their relationships too and and in today's generations it's hard it's hard to um be in relationships and I almost sacrificed that but I'm at a point now where I decided that that was more important than my career and anything else that I think adds another level of like relationship issues is social media and 
um, careers and everything else. So that's pretty much all I'm going to say about relationships as far as like, just, just marry your best friend or be with your best friend. I'm not one that's like, you have to get married. I'm not that person either. Just, you know, live your life and spend it with people who make you better. If they don't make you better, then there's your answer. Yeah. And I don't know. I think people don't. Yeah. And people don't, I think, don't think out long-term like, no. Oh, this person's hot. And you know, we're getting like, you gotta like, if I don't know, I I think we're getting way off track, but um, from story of my life. Yeah. That's yeah. There you go. Story of this podcast. Uh, Half the things we talk about on this podcast, I would have never thought we would have talked about, but Hey, here we are now speaking from one type of love to another. What, in your opinion, is the best type of police car? You're going to hate me, buddy. <sighs> just no, just, I'm just break kidding. my heart. It's, it's a Crown Vic. Hell yeah! Woo! And, I woke okay. up my family. Can, can I... Oh, don't wake up your babies. You're fine. So I will say, I have drove every police car. I started in a Crown Vic, went to an Explorer in a Tahoe, and... A Caprice, an Explorer, Tahoe. Those are the five, I guess, or three. I don't know. Yeah, you repeated two of the same, but it's fine. Poorly made. Sorry, I was I was going through my departments and the cars that I drove. Um, but oh, I had a Charger too, so four. Okay. Four um, I did like the Chargers when I was in the pursuit, but the scary thing about the chargers was that when you were going 120 miles an hour you didn't feel like you were going 120 miles an hour that was kind of frightening but they also do the caprices are like that too the caprices are like scary fast no i don't want to say say scary fast but the caprices i don't know when you i would i'm just throwing it out there and i'm not a fucking car guy but the new caprices when like you first got them they were fast as shit um, after okay, a couple well, of years, mine rattled at 80 miles an hour. So really? Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I guess it depends on the mileage on them. I feel like they were really shittily made though. And once they got up in miles, they were pretty much useless. Okay. So that may, you may have got a caprice right off the line. Oh yeah. Like I remember doing, um, I can't say what highway I was on, but I was doing, I touched 140 and I didn't even realize it. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, it was gone, bro. You got to get to that call safely. Well, I was literally my first day out of FTO. Maybe it wasn't 140. I feel like the governor <laughs> before that, but I was going fast, like, and I didn't even realize it. And yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, was your first day out of FTO. And my first day out of FTO, I crashed a car, I backed into another car, but that's also because oh. I can't. Oh, but no. anyway, let's get back to this. So, being short. Um, Crown Vicks were great. All I needed was a little, I got a dining room table pillow, (laughs) not a phone book. Don't fucking come at me with the phone book bullshit. I had a dining room, uh, seat pillow because the dining room pillows came in firmer than any other pillows. Believe me, I checked. So I got one of those and I was golden. That thing ran like a dream. And they were a little longer, which sucked. But at the end of the day, it was 
You Wait, know, hold on, hold on. Forward. I got it. That's what she said. That was a little late, but yeah. You said they were what? longer. You said they, they were a little were longer. longer. Yeah. They were because I backed into a lot of shit in my first agency. Like, I think I was in four backing up. Jesus. You're why we have backup hey, cameras. You created you know policy. What? Sue me. I'm four foot nine. Anyway, so we had that, and then I had a um, Tahoe, and I hated the Tahoes. I hated the Tahoes. So I'm either I'm either a Vic or Exploder. Okay. I mean, I don't like the Exploders, but you said Vic, so we're going to go with that. Okay. Do you have a word of the day that people should put into their reports or over oh, the radio? God bless. We used to do this at my old agency all the time, and I won Every single, I'm trying to think of the one that they said use. Are are you saying use it in a report or on the radio? Because ours was on the radio. You can do either, or you could use it over the radio or in a report. I'm trying to think what my last word of the day was where I dominated it. Dominated could be good. Dominated. Do dominated because I can't remember the word. It started with an S, but I can't remember. I bet it was Samsonite. What? No. Sally, Swammy, Mar- Slappy. Sam's, Sam's, way off. It was way off. All right. But I like no. Do dominate. dominate. Do dominate. Dominate. I like it. Now, the last thing is I like to ask people if they have any imparting words of wisdom that they'd like to share with the millions, not dozens. millions of people that listen to this podcast well this is probably gonna be your lowest rated episode because i am not that interesting and i sound like a dude but i don't um, think you sound like a dude huh you don't sound like a dude you sound like a chick i don't no you sound like a. I don't no you sound like a chick (laughs) i've always thought i sounded like a dude but i feel like uh, i sound like uh, mclevin i hate it oh god bless now that you said that I'm gonna have to nah it's already out there somebody else said that and I was like god damn it I do (laughs) I don't think I do when I'm talking but then when I hear the podcast back I'm like great McLovin has a podcast um but any parting words I will say if you're thinking about getting out and you related to any of yours or my's you know, mental dilemmas that have gone through this entire couple hours, it might be time to get out. Like if you feel like your head and your heart are at peace with getting out, then get out. If you have a backup plan and can obviously support, you know, whatever you need to support. I feel like a lot of people get stuck with, you know, benefits and shit like that, which is sad to me. But Luckily, I've been blessed in that aspect as you have been too. That, but also, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're still keeping on the good fight, keep it up, you know, um, just cause I left doesn't mean that I don't support it or don't understand why people stay. It's not that it's just, I had to do what's best for me. So I'm going to be your number one supporter. Like, just keep on keeping on and be safe. And if you're mentally at a place where you can't do it anymore, don't sacrifice your personal life for the job. 
that would be my parting words of wisdom would be just don't sacrifice everything to do the job because at the end of the day it is a job it's a it's a calling I get it I I felt the calling for a long time and then decided to walk away and there's no shame in walking away and I think that a lot of people get worried that there's shame or you know I I couldn't do it I walked away nah I don't I really don't give a shit I did I'm treating it like a military service I did my tour I did my time and I'm done so that's a good way to look at it I feel like uh resignations are going to be up 400% the day after this podcast comes up (laughs) Well, that brings us to the conclusion of yet another very poorly made police memes podcast. Well, thanks for keeping up with my ADHD brain. Sorry <laughs> if that was jumping around. No, it's like the that's what we do here. That's what we that's do here. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to support this podcast and keep it going so I don't have to get a real job, you click the link at the end of the podcast in there. You can put in your mom's credit card information and you can give me money every month to keep doing podcasts or take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast. Because without them, this wouldn't be possible. Or go buy some merch. It's fucking awesome, and you'll love it. Says everyone that's bought it, probably. With that said, I hope you guys are all safe out there. And uh, remember that I love most of you. Bye-bye.